again. Sabrina, what light through yonder window breaks? Uh, explosion in the chem lab? <laughs> Listen, I was just wondering if you were taking anyone to the dance on Friday. Well, Sabrina, I'd love us to go. Val has stolen my heart. No. Valerie! Valerie! Stole a mortal's heart, eh? No, he was just goofing. Sabrina, you took his heart. I'm taking yours. Stealing my heart. Ladies, gentlemen, Wicked Witch, welcome to episode number 41 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is, of course, the show where each episode we venture back into the 1990s to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night Spellfest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Haruju, and folks, love is truly in the air because this episode of The Witch Trials will be covering season two's very blah... Not the episode. This episode will be great. But the Sabrina and Teenage Witch episode is a little bit blah. The blah episode set all around Valentine's Day, where we get the return of several of our favorite background actors and characters, plus some excellent background dancing. It's the Equalizer. And, of course, uh, always have a guest on the Witch Trials to help me break down the episode of Sabrina and Teenage Witch we'll be talking about. And, uh, you know, what with... Game of Thrones really coming to a head in the next couple of weeks. Uh, while we record this, there's only one episode left of Game of Thrones. I thought we'd bring back the mother of Chris Fitz. Here she is, Chris Aruju. Chris, welcome back. How are you doing, wow. Chris? Yes. Uh, Chris, you're a big... How did you build to that one? I don't know. What was the, what was the uh, shoots and ladder but playboard that you took to get to that one? I uh, I thought, let's see, we have a... We have a little person in this episode. When was the last time we wow. saw a little person? Uh, last Game night. of Thrones. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Chris will also, also be doing this episode in Dothraki. Just I don't speak Dothraki. To, well, what a layman you are. How dare um, you? If I knew anything else about Game of Thrones, I'd be referencing I, it right I, now. I speak Old Valyrian. You know. Uh, I have never seen a full episode of Game of Thrones. Have no interest in it, really. Come at me. Uh, at Sabrina's Witch Trials, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know that, that's what you want to c- come and get me. Try, all right. There, there are much easier ways to see nipples. All right, God. Yeah, I think people who are still watching are watching for reasons more than just nipples, and that's why I don't watch. Um, I'm sure people like it, but whatever. Uh, actually, the last episode of Veep aired last night and i watched that last night and that was that was fun it was it was a i don't really love the way it ended but it ended a hell of a lot better than julia louis dreyfus's other famous show uh the new adventures of old christine no of course i'm talking about seinfeld which ended in a really stupid way that everyone still to this day brings up as one of the worst tv endings uh tv series endings and uh rightfully so because they just end up in jail spoiler alert true blood was pretty bad too was it the ending? Yeah. Um, I never, as you know, Chris. I uh, a while back rewatched all of Seventh Heaven, but I stopped at season ten when they intended to stop before the WB converted over to the CW, and they were like, "Can you come back for one more season?" And like, some of the actors actors were like, "Yes," but most of them were like, "Nah, we wrapped up already. I'm fine." So uh, I didn't want to watch season eleven, and I didn't. But I assume it was shit. 
great. Great. And actually, you, uh, I mean, you recently found out that one of your favorite series, Supernatural, is coming to an end. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that show wraps up and if you're pleased with that. I don't know, man. I, I really don't. <laughs> At this point, I feel like everyone's just like, I don't just end it. All right. It's done. People really aren't. People still really fucking love it. I feel like the story has just gone in like every season. It goes into such a different direction where you're. It's sometimes looking back, you're like, oh, right. I completely forgot about that story arc. What the fuck happened with that? I mean, obviously, you know what happened with it, but like it's just in such a different place than it was. Right. So it's kind of hard to imagine even how it's going to end, but I'm sure they'll do it justice. I mean, they've had nothing but time to plan for it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Literally, I remember yeah, but that. that's the thing. Like, yes. yes, that's true. But I feel with a lot of shows, the reason it goes to shit is because they're forced to use different writers. Mm-hmm. And like the, with Game of Thrones right now, where like the last, um, so the first two episodes of the season were written by different writers, and then like the rest of the season is written by these two writers, and I feel like a lot of the problems that people have are because those two writers were like, oh, we're going to shock everyone by doing this shit. And it's like, there's there's this blanket that they seem to put over um, main characters where like in these situations where they would never be safe, mm-hmm. they're safe. Sure. Whereas before, everyone was like free game and like you would literally have your favorite characters just like murdered in front of you. Well, I mean, that's something that comes out of like wanting to wrap that character up in a more like important way so like they have to get through that event but i, I know but what you mean but there's like- also at the same time there things that they're doing to characters who have been like fan favorites for seasons mm-hmm. like for eight seasons are completely out of character for some of well i mean to an extent uh, again like i don't want to i don't want to have any spoilers and i also don't want to like speak out of turn because i think some of the things that are happening i think aren't completely out of character i think have been hinted at several times um but i think to a certain extent it's like also what the fuck are you doing character because there there are other characters where i'm like you are useless but you have specific a specific skill set that no one else has that you could be using to actually help in this situation, right, you're and you're doing nothing. Delightfully vague. Yeah, uh, I, this is how we this is how we uh, do spoilers over at uh, Chris Conkers. That's true. Check it out there. Except Chris of course, Conkers. sometimes I I post Game of Thrones memes, but typically sometimes it's posts. like a week after the episode. Like I, I try I try to be good. Sure. Uh, Chris. Of course, you mentioned fan favorites, and uh, one of all the Sabrina fans' favorites, Roland, returns on this episode. I don't know if anyone actually likes him. I don't really care that much for him, but, you know, let's assume. Um, And as you know, of course, Chris, we start every episode of The Witch Trials by my guest telling me in a set number of words how this episode (laughs) of Sabrina Teenage Witch got along. And, of course, you never remember this. forget every single time you'd think. I feel like we need to count for how many times I've been on the show and like the fact that I've and then legitimately sub- forgotten every time. And then subtract like one and that's how many you actually uh, planned for. Yeah. There was like one time where I like came up with like different possible numbers yeah. and then you like threw a completely different Phil number does at that, me. Phil does like, that every time I, never I always prepare. fuck over. Huh? I never prepare. I'm just like, you're just going to sit here silently while I count using my hands. True. Let's do that now. Chris, 
describe this episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch to me in eight words. Sabrina steals and Roland makes her give back. That is definitely the first half of this episode. Yeah. Uh, the second half of it, to be fair, the, like the last five or six minutes of this episode just feel like nothing is happening. And it's just like people actually at a dance in that it's kind of dull to look at. Yeah. But uh, we'll get there. Um, as I said, the Valentine's episode uh, this year in 1998 aired February 13th on, on Friday the 13th, ironically enough. Uh, written by Alexandra Komisarek. Sorry for the pronunciation. Wow. And the much easier to pronounce Pamela Soper. First aired February 13th, 1998, as I said. Uh, Chris... Now, I like to usually tell my guests what was happening this day in in uh, the year that happened, 1998. Uh, now, no new number one song in the U.S. because it's still um, that song by Janet, something together. Uh, and no new number how one did, movie. How did that one go out? I already, we already played that one, Chris. Last episode. Yeah. Check it out, maybe. Uh, no new movie because Titanic is still wrecking shop in 1998. But... As I know you were a French major, and I know you spent some time in gay old Paris, uh, I did take a look to see what the number one song in France was this day. And oh, it, hence, hence why. Hence why I was playing it a second before we started recording. The number one song in France on February 13th, 1998 is The Reason by Celine Dion. Yeah. What a great song. I never was it, heard it before. Was it the English version or it is there the, a French version? No, it was the English version. She could she could theoretically sing in French. Because uh, she does have like French versions of some of her songs. A Quebecois. But uh, let's move right past that attempted French. I will. <laughs> and get into this episode, Chris. We open in a dress shop where we see Val and Sabrina shopping for Valentine's Day dresses. Sabrina uh, gets a suggestion from Val to buy a red dress. But you know what? Sabrina says it's a bit on the nose. Um, then a massive idiot comes in named Ken and Sabrina tells us that, uh, he must have followed Val here as he does a bit of wonder bra humor with a nearby mannequin to try and charm Val. Somehow it works. Hi, Ken. Valerie. What do you think? Picture it with a wonder bra. (laughs) After he leaves, Sabrina says that, uh, she found the perfect dress for Val to buy just in case Kenny Pooh asks her on a date for the Valentine's Day dance. Uh, they then look at the price and realize it's a bit too much. Uh, so when Val hangs it up, Sabrina does a bit of magic to zap on a 20% off price tag to entice Val to buy it. But we then cut to Sabrina's room where we see 20% of her red sweater chenille. disappear. <laughs> chenille, Chris feels it's, it's important chenille. to say it's chenille. Yeah, I was like, Salem, you're going to seriously damage that sweater. That's true. It's chenille. Uh, Val is amazed at the sale, thinking that she should buy another dress with such a great sale on, but Sabrina tells her to get this one as it is a President's Day sale and all the other dresses are Canadian, a Quebecois. Uh, (laughs) And then we go to the classic Sabrina Open. Chris, (laughs) didn't think I'd bring that one back, but I certainly did. You just mangled it, though. I'm sure. Shockingly. Uh. 
Chris, uh, what did you think about this opening here? First and foremost, what stuck out to me was, I'm just going to tell you. Oh, great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't answer it quick enough, Chris. Sorry, y'all. Um, first and foremost, Ken is a massive asshole. Um, I don't think he's an asshole. I mean, it's hard to make that assessment just from that. It's my... The thing that jumped out to me was like, where the fuck are they? Is this some kind of thrift store? Because nothing, there's like one piece of everything uh-huh. and it like looks super old lady. And then the the mannequin itself, I'm like, this is, is this a costume like dress shop? Because like, what's with the Scarlett O'Hara? Like black dress. Yeah. It's with a red That's why I was scar- like, is it a thrift shop? Because like everything, everything seems so random. Mm-hmm. And then what's with the cafe? Like. I'm glad you noticed this because this is my second note here. Uh, this is a clearly an awful bit of set creation here because they're clearly using like the outside storefront of a cafe as like the inside window. So facing into the store that Val and Sabrina are in is like the outside writing that says cafe and espresso. And in fact, there's curtains on the outside of the window. Like, I feel like they're trying to make it look like, oh, no, that it's just, you know, the, um, what's the word? The aesthetic. No, the um, decor, like the sense of depth. Right. Uh-huh. So, like, that's actually the window behind the little alleyway. Absolutely so that's absolutely not, which it's definitely not. No. It's too close. But it's like, oh, no, it's your sense of depth perception. I'm really that, sure that they just were stupid and reused this wall that they had I mean, poorly. Like, no. But then again, where where the fuck does this dress belong in the store? Ah. It makes no sense. Nothing here makes sense. Eclectic outfits, Chris. It's, That's what this but it's cafe a lot, it's very old lady. Everything's very old lady. If you look at the stuff hanging, yeah, like it's all old lady. I mean, because Chris, in reality, what they did was went through like the production studios' the, the, costumes and yeah. was like, what can we put in the dress store? But yeah, and nothing. There's not two of anything. <laughs> they should have maybe spent twenty more minutes putting this dress set together, which kind of makes it seem like a thrift store, maybe, it, or or just like a boutique. No, it seems like, it, but everything seems old, which is what makes me think that. It, but Chris, it would they screams thrift store? Would they be like terrified of the prices at a thrift store? <laughs> That's my thing. That's why none of nothing connects. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, look at the price! Ouch. Oh well, my mom's plaid formal has a certain charm. You're making it seem like they're at a boutique. Everything seems very old-fashioned and just straight-up old. So, And there's only one of everything, so it seems very thrifty, right. like a thrift shop. Also, the layout of everything makes it seem kind of like thrift shop. Right. Let's get back to Ken here, though, because this is the, the other, one other thing. He just seems like a prick. Like, he seems like a class clown. But, like, like not... But it's like everyone should be able to see, and some people in this episode do see, like, Sabrina seems to think that Ken is kind of dumb, but, like, Val is just enthralled with him and um, i get it she's a high school girl I, I was gonna say i get it girls fall for idiots case in point but uh it happens this guy is just beyond like he should be getting bullied for how dumb he is well but see the thing is he like oozes confidence because he's he, like cool with just being like goofy and like making people laugh and, and like Astaire. that's what girls love like uh, and that is the one thing I've learned in my 26 years. Very true. Chris, let's move on here. Anything else to add? Um, I think it's funny that Sabrina shades wearing a red dress. And then does it. Yeah. <laughs> I, which I just realized. Yeah, like, yeah. Rewatch, I was like, oh, right. She, she does wear a red dress. 
like in her defense, the the red dress that Valerie shows her is like a Hilda dress, much more mature. Like mm-hmm. it's and she wears like a very skimpy. She red wears dress. a hell of a dress, and we will talk <laughs> about it in a little while. Uh, Chris in her room, Sabrina gets off the phone with Val and all her Ken talk, so she can try and find her red sweater so she can go meet Val, I believe. Um, She then discovers there's that massive 20% hole right in the middle of it, and she tries to blame Salem, but he says he's just as shocked as she is. She then takes the sweater downstairs to show her aunties, but they have no time for her, as they instead tell her that they'll be chaperoning her Valentine's Day school dance, which shocks the teen witch. Oh, by the way, Zelda and I are chaperoning the school dance Friday. What? Why did you just hang a big nerd girl sign around my neck? Okay. (laughs) Nobody likes a house where you can't speak figuratively. Sabrina then goes to answer the door and uh, go figure. It's Mr. Kraft dropping off some rules for the school dance to the aunties. But really, he's just here to mack on with his love interest, Hilda. Um... Hilda wants no part of this and ushers him out as soon as possible. But uh, luckily, Zelda promises that they will make sure that the kids at the school dance don't get into any racketeering. And thanks to the rules, we'll make sure there's no racketeering. Uh, We then head over to the slicery where Ken and Val are playing some pinball as Harvey and Sabrina watch. Harvey then says that uh, he's... He has some trouble scrounging up enough money for a tip for Mrs. Papowski, and Sabrina eventually finds two quarters to rub together. Um, Mrs. Papowski here does a great job of mocking their shit tip before uh, Val comes over asking for some money because her and Ken are out of money for the pinball machine, and for once in her life, she's actually being fun. Uh, Sabrina feels bad for Val, so she zaps some extra games onto the pinball machine, and Ken celebrates this like a douchebag by uh, waving his jacket in the air and announcing that he will have to postpone his victory dance, making Valerie literally go woo in excitement. Uh, Hideous. Hey, Val, we want some free ones. I shall have to postpone my victory dance. Woo! My lucky day. Just then, uh, Ms. Papowski just walks by shading them, saying that it's steak tonight with this 50-cent tip. Gotta call the mister, it's steak tonight. (laughs) Later at Westbridge, Sabrina's looking for a textbook, only to have Roland pop in with it, announcing that he's changed careers and he's now a equalizer. Go figure, it's the title of the episode, you think I'd remember it. He's no longer a finder, he's now an equalizer. He also takes a minute to compliment Sabrina's appearance. Roland? Give me that. You're a finder, not a taker. Not anymore. I've changed careers. I'm an equalizer. By the way, you look lovely. A what? An equalizer. You take from someone, I take from you. It evens things out in the universe. And this job has dental. Just then, Mr. Kraft walks by and uh, he notes that Sabrina's visitor, uh, who Sabrina explains as her cousin, clearly didn't read the sign about visitors getting a... uh, I think there's a pass from the office or having mm-hmm. to report to the office first. Yeah. Uh, Roland just takes this as a criticism on his literacy and kicks Mr. Kraft right in the knee as he goes running to the nurse. And Sabrina explains that it's because Roland is hypoglycemic. I feel you. Chris, a lot to cover there. Let's start with Melissa Joan Hart's nerd girl sign, which I... I, very 70s bubble letters. Great job. Um, Also, I think the funniest part of all of that is uh, Martin Mull just like picking up and going, oh, you lost your nerd girl sign. 
mean, it's part of her ensemble. It's true. It doesn't match very well. But I just think it's great delivery by Martin Mull there. Uh, what stuck out to you here, Chris? Gosh, I'm trying to think back to the beginning. Gosh. I know I had something to say. And now I'm like... Mmm. I had one thing to say. Uh, was it about Mrs. P- Mrs. Papowski returning? No, it was like while they were still at the house. Hmm. Um, Would it have been something to do... Oh, Sabrina's hair looks awesome serena looks great this episode there's no doubt about it most of her outfits are awesome uh i like what she's wearing at the slicery where it's like that it's one of the it's the first of the two like it's the sheer sheer mesh with the pink flowers yes and then later on no no, it's the sheer mesh with like the red like hearts i think it is and then she's wearing the pink flowers in the in westbridge okay uh but they're both great outfits i like the one with the hearts better me too uh Roland here, Chris. Roland. You have, this is your first uh, dance with Roland here, your first um, interaction with Roland. My uh, first uh, Roomba with Roland. Perfect. We've got a show title. <laughs> um, he uh, first appeared in Troll Bride, of course, where he tries to trick Sabrina into, basically, he tricks Sabrina into bringing him his hat back and then locks him in his castle, locks her in his castle, rather. Uh, here... Uh, he's just trying to flatter her, at least initially. Um, what do you think of the Roland character, Chris? Do you like uh, it's Phil Fontecarlo, I believe? Fontecaro? I, think I think it's cute that, you know, he's in love with her and obsessive. I think it's a uh, cute shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, they get to work a lot of, like, fairy tale stories right. in with him. Uh, God, do we get a lot of fairy tale stories in the way, in the second half of this episode. But yeah, I, I think he does a good job in the role. And like, there is, I mean, who doesn't love him saying farm boy to Harvey? But uh, God, Nick Scratch loves it so much love he stole it. it. Love it. Uh, but he is fantastic. And like, I do, like, he, he has a great range. Like, he goes from being very, very sweet and like sincere with Sabrina to like saying, um, mind if I throw up in the most like angrily aggressive way it's delicious we'll get to that in a second but delicious vomit I love it um we also get a a return to the Mr. Craft Hilda story which um you were here for like the inception of oh my god I just I don't know I don't love them together yeah I mean, this episode is where we get, I think we get the beginning of the much better love story of, of Zelda and Mr. Craft. Yeah. Um, I, there's something about, like, they rely so heavily on, like, pe- one person being obsessively in love with the other person mm-hmm. and the other person just being, like, cringingly, like, Ugh. No thanks, go away. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, the Hilda stuff, I'm just, it kind of makes me think, like, why she wasn't just more clear. Mm-hmm. And why he wasn't just like, oh, she's not interested. Let me step the fuck back. Well, part of it is for 90s comedy reasons. Yeah. But also, um, she she does uh, openly say, uh, it was actually the episode where he becomes a teenager, Mr. Kraft does, that, you know, when you're, when you live as long as Hilda does, you got to keep your Friday night plans, you know, But that's so possible. sad. She, like, can't stand being around him. Sure, Chris, if you think about... <laughs> The actual lives of Hilda and Zelda for like five minutes, they're pretty sad. Like, think of all the friends they've had to see die. I know, but like, you'd think they'd be, you know, can we sing oh, hanging Susanna out so with like times. some other realm people? They do, but like, every time we see them hang out with other realm people, the other realm pe- people tend to be jackasses. They're hella snobby. Yeah. Roll, uh, not Roland, excuse me. Um, Drell. Hilda's first love and worst love, some might say. 
God, even in the witch world, men are trash. Oh, witch trash. <laughs> That's a reference to an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Chris. Yes. Sabrina and Rowan walk by Harvey then, and um, Harvey stops Sabrina to tell her something about the dance on Friday, but all he gets for his troubles is a farm boy from Roland. Uh, Roland also, as I said, says, uh, he basically mocks them for going to a dance together and asks if they mind if he throws up in just the most delightful way. He's just so jealous. He is. We've all been there. Oh, look who it is. Farm boy. Isn't this your aunt's friend that I met last year? If that's who I said he was. Want to make something of it, farm boy? Not really. I just wanted to tell Sabrina something about the dance on Friday. Ooh, are we going to the dance together? Mind if I throw up? Hater. We've all drunk that haterade. That high hate. No, it's hard to turn into anything else. Um... I was trying to go for a high C thing, but it I didn't got really it. work. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't very... I, I, look, it was shit. I'll agree. The one time I've ever made a shit joke. Uh, Harvin says he needs to tell Sabrina something, and uh, Rowan uses a bit of, like, sassy hand magic to, like, throw some magic powder yeah. at him. Sassy hand magic. That's yeah. kind of what I like to throw at people when they, like, start talking to me and I don't want to talk to them. Sure. <laughs> it's called giving them the finger. <laughs> Here's... Sassy hand magic. That's right. English as a second language has a lot of sassy hand magic involved. Basically, he magically forces Harvey to say that he can't go to the dance with her as he just remembered that he's got to go to a termite convention with his dad. Sabrina's let down and Roland just makes a, ooh, don't look at me face. What I wanted to tell you was that I can't go to the dance. I have to accompany my dad to a termite convention. I can't believe I forgot about it. I don't even remember hearing about it. I totally didn't put a spell on him to make him say that. That is literally what happens. Uh, We then cut to the Spellman house where the aunties are realizing how shit all of their male acquaintances are. Also relatable. Uh, Sabrina comes in angry as Roland's now bugging her and she doesn't have a date to the dance anymore. Uh, She explains that she's being equalized and Salem just hopes, he really just hopes that she didn't steal anyone's pet. <gasps> oh, please say you didn't take anyone's pet. Uh, Sabrina then decides to just fix the equalizing by putting everything back that she's taken, as the aunties have explained that that's what you have to do when you get equalized. But they also go on to explain that you have to put back more, you have to put forth more to make up for the stuff that you have stolen. Okay, I'll just zap a dress into the store and some money into the pinball machine and goodbye love smitten equalizer. No, it's not that easy. When you're equalizing, you have to put forth more effort. Basically, you have to give things back by hand. Which is how I came to participate in a little thing called Waterloo. Sabrina starts do this by uh, Sabrina starts doing this by heading over to the slicery to give Mrs. Papowski some money. Not for Mrs. Papowski though, because that would be ridiculous. She got her fifty cents. That's all she's getting. But for the pinball machine man, as she took those free games, uh, Mrs. P- Mrs. Papowski then has the totally accurate response to Sabrina's attempt here. The pinball man is always running himself ragged, bringing you kids extra napkins or refilling your free drinks. No one works harder than the pinball machine man. Great. So you don't mind. We then head back to the Spellman house where we see... Uh, the auntie's arguing about having to do something in order to get dates. Uh, 
uh, Hilda is initially not wanting to do this thing, but Zelda eventually convinces her, and we find out that that thing is to summon good old Cupid himself uh, with the classic 595. Cupid is eventually in the living room, laid out on the couch for some reason, and we find out that he's heartbroken because he just got jilted at the altar as his uh, fiance left him for a policeman. He's wearing a diaper. <laughs> it's Cupid. Um, he also says that he's out of the love business and, um, Zelda basically resigns themselves to not having dates, but Hilda says that she's not going to be putting up with Mr. Craft and his binaca breath and instead tries to cheer up Cupid, uh, to no avail though, as he basically just ends up with his head in her lap in a PG way. I'll bet I can get him to snap out of it. Come on, Cupie. How much did you really like her? <laughs> What's wrong with Banaka breath? Isn't that like a mint? Yes. So like... It's like a breath spray. Is that not good? Like, I think the implication there, Chris, is that he's just so prone to kissing. Or he's so uh, hot to kiss trot. Hot to trot. Yeah. He's, he's trying to trot his mouth all over Hilda. Okay. Just like Cupid did. I, I've said this earlier. I think it's really weird that their first thought was to get dates when they're uh chaperoning (laughs) i feel like chaperones are not meant to have dates like you're literally there to keep an eye on the kids not to socialize here's the thing that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. but the problem is i didn't go to a lot of high school dates i was a real loner so high school dates. i didn't go to a lot of high school dates but i also didn't go to a lot of high school dances um don't worry, I'm not butthurt about it. Uh, but my main knowledge of high school dances comes from TV shows. And I feel like every TV show where there's a high school dance, the chaperone always has a date. I feel like the chaperone's typically there with like their spouse. Yeah, but I feel but like... But that doesn't constitute a date. They're, you're, they're just both acting as chaperones. I feel, I like... feel like you're just thinking of like Seventh Heaven. <laughs> that is a lot of what I'm thinking of. Yes, fair enough. But also... Um, I think you can explain it away here because in this instance, Hilda is trying to get a date so that she can avoid Mr. Kraft. I get it, but I still think it's like slightly inappropriate, you know? Okay. I, I, I understood everything until the appropriate part, but sure. Um, I mean, I get it, but like, give him a break, Chris. Also, like, they have so many options to get dates. They, they've literally made Sabrina a Mando date. I mean, it didn't end very well. Like, he fell apart. Sure. I mean, also, they didn't make their own dates very well in that episode. But this would have been the perfect time to bring back Mando. My One of my biggest problems with the whole Cupid thing is yes. like, okay, Cupid didn't pan out. Like, there's no reason that you need to babysit Cupid for this whole episode. You could be like, oh, well, I'm sorry that you're not doing great. Maybe you can come back another time. And like, go do something else. Like, <laughs> you do not need Hilda. to. You do not need to cure him of like his heart sickness. I mean, which like maybe that's me being a bitch, and like maybe you said it. You should help Cupid, or maybe it's really just they're just trying to help themselves. Like, yeah. oh, if we fix him, that's, then- that's that's expressly why Hilda is doing it. It's a much because like the second he says he's cheered up, she's like, oh great, there's this firefighter down the way. But it's such a long drawn out process, and she never gets a date. He he ends up falling in love with her, and then rather than being like, okay, bye, she's just like... <laughs> By the way, folks, that is how me, Chris, and Phil say goodbye to each other yeah, every time. Every time. <laughs> we have a problem. It's all um, 
Jess Perkins fault. It is. Uh, great, great comedian in the Melbourne area, uh, Melbourne area, and uh, host of Do Go On, a fantastic podcast. Also, yeah. I think she hosts a, a radio show on like Triple J Radio. Isn't in, she in also Melbourne. on Seductler? No, she's not. She's not? She, she does a lot of like guest, guest spots yeah. on um, the other Do Go On shows, like uh, Book Cheat, Dave Warnicky's podcast about books, and uh, Prime Mates. Matt Stewart's podcast about chimpanzees, or sorry, primates in popular culture. Wow. These are all <laughs> podcasts that I did not make up, folks. Uh, but check all those podcasts out. They're all fantastic. Um, it, it is where it comes from, though. The bye. Bye. Thanks, Jess. We do it. I wonder where she got it from. Uh, just like, you know, modern society. She's All comedians have to uh, look at society and reflect it back to society, Chris. That sounds like a thing that's true. Anyway, what other notes did I have here? <laughs> this is going real well. Um, but yeah, like they did not need to keep him around for the full episode. No, but... Uh, Especially when he becomes her date by the end. Yeah. When, um, actually when Chris, when the aunties are explaining to Sabrina about equalizing and like mm-hmm. uh, how you have to put forth more. Yeah. Uh, Hilda actually tells us about her experiences with Napoleon. Oh, yeah. And then she tells us that in equalizing, that is how she ended up being involved in a little thing called Waterloo. Is this just you trying Shut to up. preface? I'm building the joke. <laughs> Don't cut off my joke. Which ABBA song do you think Zelda partook in if Hilda partook in Waterloo? That Zelda? Yes. Because... Um... What, what, what? Sorry, I was just thinking Sabrina partook in Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. That's true. That is Sabrina this half of the first half of the episode. Um, um, okay, let me think. Zelda. ABBA songs. Uh, not really Money, Money, Money. No. Uh, knowing You, Knowing Me. That's just a good song. I, oh, I thought you had an actual answer that no, you wanted me to I guess. Thought we, I just thought we could have a chat. You know, like a podcast. <laughs> there is one official answer, Chris. I guess maybe Chiquitita, because she like is always a um, sounding board for Sabrina, and it's That's like fair. Chiquitita, tell me what's wrong. That's true. Um, Dancing Queen, because she dances real good in this episode mm-hmm. with Mr. Craft. Actually, there, there is almost no good dancing in this episode, to be perfectly honest. Uh, does your mother know that you're out? <laughs> Because she's the bossy one. She's the. <laughs> uh, Tell us what you think Zelda's ideal uh, ABBA song would be at Sabrina's Witch Trials on Instagram, at Sabrina's Witch Trials, and at Sabrina Podcast on Twitter. Okay, Chris. In her room, Roman returns Sabrina's textbook, which she uh, repaid the debt of the pinball machine. So, you know, here's your textbook back. Uh, but he says that. Sorry, rather, Sabrina says that she still can't return the dress because Val likes it too much. Roland tells her to just sew a duplicate as, you know, he's been sewing up a, a storm last weekend. Made a bedspread, I think he says. And uh, asks if they have a sewing room. A bed hil- skirt? A bed skirt, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Salem tells them that it's in the dungeon next to the bomb shelter. Couldn't you say basement? You gotta say dungeon? Uh, they head down there. And they find a sewing wheel, or a spinning wheel, rather, which apparently the aunties just have. A spinning wheel? What, a loom is too high tech? I can't do this. <laughs> oh, but you can spin. Just sit down and give it a whirl, so to speak. Elsewhere, 
Hilda is trying to cheer up Cupid with a line from Love Story about a girl dying, uh, but shockingly, it doesn't work. He's like, good for her. Yeah. She's dead. Which, if you've ever seen the movie Love Story, accurate. Good. The phone then rings and Zelda picks it up. It's Val looking for Sabrina. She asks Salem where Sabrina is. He says, Dungeon with Roland. Uh, She eventually heads down there after confirming that, yes, Salem, there is some leftover pie. Uh, we then see Sabrina has pretty much finished the dress. Uh, she's she's worked real hard in the last two minutes. And as she's working the spinning wheel, Roland enchants the spindle, which immediately mesmerizes Sabrina as it would. Uh, Roland says that she's got nothing to worry about. She can touch it all she wants. It's definitely not going to prick her. And then we cut to Roland's fantasy about what will happen once Sabrina pricks her finger on the spinning wheel spindle. That being that she'll basically go to sleep as the fairy tales say and uh she will basically be his bride on show for all of his friends gross just before she actually touches it zelda runs in to stop them and tells him that he knows damn well that sleeping beauty spells are illegal as they've been illegal since basically sleeping beauty um and how dare he try and run away with sabrina how dare you try to prick Sabrina's finger on that spindle so you could run off with her? What? So we gonna keep it for a century or two? <laughs> you know very well that Sleeping Beauty spells are illegal. Ever since, well, Sleeping Beauty. Hold it, Rowan! I thought we settled this last time. I'm not interested in marrying you. Dating? <laughs> Fine. Rowan stomps out angrily, saying that their debt still isn't square. You know, as fuckboys are wont to do when they get turned down. Uh, we're still not square. That's right. You still owe me something. That does sound like a fuck right? boy. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I assume. We're then in the cafeteria. Sabrina and Val are watching Ken be a dick as he just got a role in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Val says that she's too scared to ask Ken out. And Sabrina basically goes to do it for her. I just noticed the best thing in the background. Well, oh my God. What's that, Chris? So when he when he like uh when Ken is like draping himself over Sabrina's shoulder and like what like through yonder window breaks at the table behind them yeah this uh, this guy is like loser <laughs> <laughs> he is <laughs> watch accurate. watch you see the guy <laughs> <laughs> he does do it <laughs> amazing that is excellent background acting by that guy probably never got cast again because somebody noticed it but if, if they miss that stupid fucking Starbucks cup and. In Westeros. Game of Thrones, I mean, Nobody it's not Westeros. This, isn't it? Who cares? Who cares, Chris? Anyway, basically... I mean, technically it's Westeros. Ha But it's... The long and the short is what happens here is, of course, as you would expect, Ken thinks Sabrina is asking him out instead of asking him out for Val, agrees to go out with Sabrina. Val runs out offended and hurt, naturally. Teenage girl. And when Sabrina chases after her... Rowan pops in saying that, as Ken noted, Sabrina stole his heart, so to equalize that, Roland is stealing hers and zaps Sabrina's heart into his cute little side sack. Chris, what we covered there. Yep. Uh, aside from the loser hand motion, which is absolutely my favorite thing of this episode. I now. mean, right? Uh, I do love the idea that magical users would still need to use a spinning wheel. Like, use your fucking magic. I'm sure... That in this, uh, as we know from prior episodes, the aunties do like to collect a lot of junk. So maybe they're just holding on to this. 
but like Sabrina, just there's a million other ways you could probably get a duplicate of this dress. There's got to be some magical doodad that will copy whatever you put in it. But again, I don't think you're understanding that she literally can't do anything magical to equalize. No, I know what she took. But the thing is, she's Uh, worried that Val would miss the dress, so that's why she's making a duplicate. But at the same time, if she takes the dress back. She can't, she, it, that's not equalizing. Like, she can't just replace it with something magical. But that's her intention, isn't it? No, her intention Roland, is to make it yes. so that she can, like, give that, either give that dress to Val and take the other one back. But to what end? To what end? Like, she has to physically put in, like, work. Oh, like, I see. So you're saying the effort is the uh, the extra that's being yes, paid back. Yeah. Right. It has to, like, it, 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 it's not enough to do a magical fix, which is why she can't just, like, zap games into the the pinball machine pinball machine or whatever like she has to physically go and hand her money mm. okay still there has to be that that like mortalness to it sure. like still. you have to do things in a mortal way as to a whole though, it. as a whole this episode mm-hmm. sabrina uses magic to her benefit way more than ever before like she like she's given them extra games she, she's getting some money off. But I think that that's good and that that helps explain why she's never been equalized before. Hmm. Because it's... She's, she's <laughs> doing things... Because it does pop out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you know, she's done stuff before where it was like... But that was more of like a zap, zapping something in mm-hmm. that was, you know, foreign. Uh, that was magical versus like taking something from the mortal realm for herself. Right. Or for, you know, her own benefit. I think it's a great concept, actually. I really love like the whole idea of equalizing because it it's kind of like fate mm-hmm. uh, or karma, like coming back to bite you in the ass. And he, like Roland is kind of like the officer of karma. Sure. I mean, obviously, he's not a very good one. He's super corrupt and he does shit for himself. Yes. Um, so not the best. Uh, as just, a, just like real police. As the arm of karma. But um, I think it's a great concept in that it's kind of something set up to keep which is from um, doing everything for their own benefit, manipulating the mortal realm sure. for their own benefit. Um, I mean, really, why why take that dress when you can just magically create a duplicate exactly, and have no repercussions? But I think that also plays to her lack of knowledge uh, of the magical realm and like the way that rules kind of work. Yes. So, you know. And of course, her lack of knowledge might be explained because where the fuck is Quizmaster? Hasn't been her anywhere for the fuck up with Quizmaster. We know bitch isn't reading her book. Like she never, she never reads it. She's too busy. That is um, true. Going to the slicery and like stiffing help. So you know, <laughs> poor Mrs. Papowski. Her old boss too. Like, yeah. come on now, Salinas. Um, let's see here, Chris. Ken's big poofy hat. Fuck Ken. While while he is reciting uh, some Shakespeare for everyone, but eventually Sabrina, he's wearing this gigantic Roland esque hat. I that's mean, like it's big a Shakespearean and like has a know. feather in it. Um, that's just the hat he wears every day. <laughs> that's a Sunday hat, but, but he wore it on a Tuesday. Like I like to think that he had already bought the hat. Like he auditioned with, with the, the hat. hat. What light through yonder window breaks? I feel like he's the kind of douche that would, like, take the hat from the audition. Oh, that's even worse. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Just, but do you not feel that he, he would just be like, oh, well, I got the part. I'm keeping this. I feel like he's the kind of douche that would, like, buy the hat 
before he got the part, somebody could audition with the hat to be like, this'll do it. And then he just like, won't take the hat off. I feel like that's a lot of credit for effort put in to find the hat and buy the hat. Whereas I feel like he's more of the kind of douche who would be like, oh, I got the part. I'm keeping this hat. It's he mine seems, now. He, but to me, Ken seems like the kind of guy who'd be, who would go to those stores that would sell those hats. Mm, I guess it all depends on a what loser kind of, is what I'm what saying. What kind of douche you think he is. A big one. The thing for me is I'm like, it's that it's that extra effort. And I don't see him putting that extra effort, considering that when they ran out of coins for the pinball machine, he was like, oh, I'm out of here. about time to hit that dusty trail. Also, that, <laughs> like, Dusting his hands out of there. I do. I do also love that. Like, it doesn't really seem that Ken is that interested in Val. It doesn't. Which... Like, I mean, he does come in and make... Maybe he actually is more interested in Sabrina, because when he comes in and makes the joke, it's like... That's to both of them, kind of, in the, at the very beginning. Yeah, I don't know, man. Dudes. Um, it's just, I don't know if it's like the f- he didn't realize Val was interested and like it was the first person he saw was interested in him. So he was like, okay, cool. I'll go to the dance with you. Um, I don't know. Ken here is played by Sean Lawton, who uh, plays a lot of roles throughout the run of Sabrina. Like he oddly plays like police officers a lot. And also he played a firefighter that I'm pretty sure Hilda hits on. So, like, he goes up and down in age. Doesn't even matter. I think it's easier to have recurring people as background actors when you're putting them in uniforms because people get caught on the uniform and mm-hmm. they don't so much stare at the face. Sure. That is true. Uh, Chris. Oh. Roland uh, walks away proudly, uh, struts mm-hmm. away a little bit, uh, noting that her heart belongs to him now leaving her staring lovingly harvey then comes out of the cafeteria asking if he's re- if uh, sabrina is really going to the dance with ken but the love struck sabrina just chases roland down the hall asking her darling to wait up for her when we then see the two uh, they're entering roland's dingy house underneath a bridge which he explains makes him feel far more at home than the castle we previously have known him to live in he probably made a killing on that castle Maybe it wasn't Westeros. Maybe he took a a uh, pay cut when he became an equalizer. That's true, but he just wanted to serve the community. Liar. Maybe he just wanted a better place to hide his corruption. It's true. Or he just wanted the power to steal hearts. Like I got from doing this podcast. Right, folks? Love you. Anyway. Also stolen from Jess Perkins. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I just steal all my best jokes from Melbourne comedian Jess Perkins. Um, anyway, Sabrina then tours the uh, disgusting <laughs> underbridge house and notes that it's lovely before discovering Roland's framed photo of his ex-girlfriend Thumbelina saying that it's gotta go as now he's all hers. Who's this? Oh, uh, that's just my old girlfriend uh, Thumbelina. Well, the picture has to go. You're all mine now. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. When he asks what she wants to do, she simply says to gaze lovingly into his eyes, which uh, she then does. And uh, we go back to the Spellman house where Cupid is basically smashing his arrows over his knee in sorrow as Zelda asks Hilda how uh, the cheering up session is going with who, Chris? Diaper Dan. Diaper Dan. So, how goes it with Diaper Dan? Well, it's more challenging than building the Panama Canal, but then less malaria. 
Look. What? You're fighting a yawn? A smile. You, you, you told a joke and made me smile. I've seen bigger on a Lutheran. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I thought I'd never smile again. You're cured. Hallelujah. Quickly after celebrating, Hilda tries to put him to work on the cute fireman down the street. Probably can. But uh, he just says that he owes it all to Hilda, his Hilda, and gets a little too, like, handsy with Hilda, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a woke feminist. That's me. Uh, thankfully, this is cut off by Mr. Kraft ringing the doorbell. And uh, Hilda knows that if we had one more gentleman caller, we could put on a play of the Glass Menagerie. Thank you, Tennessee Williams. Um, he says, Mr. Kraft does, that he came to talk about Sabrina's weirdness today with her cousin, confusing the aunties, who soon figure out that the cousin must mean Roland. The aunties then head to the kitchen to call Valerie. Or see- Ambrose is here. <laughs> That's right. Her weird English cousin who loves to kill people and uh, loves to say the word Lupercalia. What even is it? Uh, aunties. <laughs> God. He loves his suits. Actually, so does Roland, because he has a lot of bomb outfits in this episode. But uh, they they head to the kitchen to call Val as the two men basically just square each other up. And uh, Cupid asks if Mr. Kraft is afraid to show his legs. And Mr. Kraft just compliments Cupid's perm. <laughs> afraid to show your legs? Nice perm. Chris. Uh, I, Natural I, baby. I noted that's true. It really is. It's Look so at his weird. His chest hair, his chest hair is curly. Oh, he's like the hairiest man. I feel so bad for uh, Patrick Thomas O'Brien because, like, he is great in the role as Cupid. Like, he he was Why great. Do you feel bad for him. No, I feel bad because like he's such a hairy guy. So they just put him in this diaper. It's the worst thing to have to wear. Why? And like he, I mean, they clearly like it because they bring him back several times. But it's just like, oh. Poor guy has to wear his diaper and is like, he's got to be every bit of like 48, 50 at that point. It's comedy, baby. It is comedy. It is true. Um, but he is absolutely fantastic in the role. And he, again, a great comedic actor every time he shows up on Sabrina. Of course, he was uh, the, the, that weird like cross-reference guy in the in uh, the yeah. episode with Sabrina's dad. Um, always, fun to, always fun to see him come back. This will make you believe in love again. What can you say about a 25-year-old girl who died? Good riddance. <laughs> but I told you, Chris, uh, while we were talking before the show, I do absolutely love Roland's little happy strut away as yeah. he's stolen Sabrina's heart and uh, his her heart belongs to him. Like, he's on top of the world. This question did strike me, though, Chris, uh, at the very end of uh, the scene here. Who do you think would win in a fight between Mr. Kraft and Cupid? Cupid. You think Cupid? He's got pointy arrows. He d- yes. Let's say it's a fist fight. Cupid. They're both in diapers, because that's how you would fight in the other realm. Fair. Uh, fair is fair. That's right. So, I mean, in that case, Cupid does have like the home field advantage, As for Mr. Kraft would probably be pulling at his diaper the whole time. I don't know. I feel like because Martin Mull is like bigger. Yeah, but I don't feel like he wants it as much. That's true, and and to be fair, uh. Cupid has more of a wiry body, so like he might be more, he might be fast. He's definitely faster than Martin Mall. He's got to be. I feel like, uh, Mister Kraft is more likely to like give up, whereas I feel like Cupid is. He's probably scrappier, uh-huh. and he probably would be less likely to give up. 
this is a, this is a fun email I just got from YouTube. Uh, apparently, this <laughs> one of my episodes of Sabrina's Witch Trials has a copyright claim against it. Wow! Yay! Music. Probably. Also, it's like episode sixteen, which has been out for like two years. <laughs> Where have you been, YouTube? Just now. Anyway, uh, so you say Cupid would win in the fight? I think so. Yeah. I probably agree with you. I think like Martin Mall would throw a cup. I feel like Mr. Kraft would get tired in a fight quickly also. And like Cupid would do the whole Muhammad Ali rope a dope with him. That's a fight I really want to see now. <laughs> I've convinced myself. Uh, do you have anything, anything stick out to you here, Chris? No. Okay. After calling Val and confirming that uh, Sabrina isn't with her, they decided to check the other realm, and uh, they send Mr. Kraft home, Hilda does, as Zelda tells Cupid to follow them. Uh, Mr. Kraft complains, but he just eventually has to accept it and leave. When Hilda asks why she brought Cupid, Zelda explains that it's so that they could use the carpool lane to the other realm. How does that linen closet even work? I don't... That's what I was thinking. I was like, there's a lane now? There's like... Is it not? You have cars in the other room? I don't understand. Are you all in one, like... You're on brooms? Vacuums? Like, what? What are you doing? Anyway... Just making up shit. The next thing we see is uh, Sabrina serving Roland his personal pizza, uh, asking if there's anything else she can do to make him extraordinarily happy. And uh, apparently Pepper Flakes will do it, which... Good call, Roland. That that is some sweet shit on a pizza. Really brings out the uh, spicy flavors of the sauce. All quality toppings. Maybe a little garlic powder on there too. You're gonna you're gonna be molto bene, I would say, Roland. Uh basically <laughs> Chris did not like that one at all. The aunties then come in, uh announcing that they're here to rescue Sabrina, but Sabrina says that she doesn't want to be rescued as she wants to stay with Roland, and observing all of this, Cupid thinks he knows what's going on here, that you know, he he is a he works in the love business. Roland has clearly stolen Sabrina's heart. What have you done to her? I think I know, sweetie. I am in the love business. He's taken her heart. Basically, the aunties tell him to give it back. Zelda says that she he knows he's not allowed to equalize for his own his own benefit. Own benefit. His own down country benefit, down home benefit. Uh, but. Sabrina says that she doesn't care. She wants Roland to keep her heart. And he says that clearly Sabrina has spoken. Uh, he then tells them to leave as he's having his friend, the troll, sorry, the ogre and his wife over. And that, um, or rather his lady friend. So, you know. You know, he hasn't put a ring on it yet. That's right. Just having some fun. Perfectly fine with that. Um Basically, they're coming over and there's not enough entrails for everyone. So Sabrina ushers the family out. But as they're leaving, Zelda gets one of Cupid's arrows and whomps Roland with with it. Just zaps him real good. And Roland eventually falls in love with who but the uh, the real bachelorette of this episode. Good old Hilda. Hilda, love of my life. Oh, no, not another one. Roland! Sabrina! The other love of my life. Help me! I love you. But I still love you. 
Why did you hit me with that arrow? So that you would see that it's wrong to mess with people's hearts. Unless you're a licensed professional. <laughs> Give Sabrina's heart back. He eventually agrees to do this on the condition that she will grant one of his wishes. Uh, she agrees to do this only after Hilda confirms that it won't involve her and a trip to Make Out Point, which would be a fun uh, spin-off series. Hilda's Adventures in Make Out Point. I'll watch it. Netflix, 10 episodes? Hmm? Why not? 10 episodes? Right. God damn. It's a real long kissing session. Lots of kisses. Uh, smooch, smooch, smooch. Basically, Zelda agrees. The heart goes back. And while Sabrina is mid-sentence, she starts the sentence by saying she still wants Roland. Uh, and when she gets her heart back, of course, she. this was a bit of overwriting, I thought. that She ends the sentence once she gets her heart back with, away from me. No, I don't care if he does love Hilda. I still want Roland. Away from me. Yeah. Well, I thought there was a bit of... Probably a better way to land that plane, but uh, that's what the writing staff chose to do. Um, Roland asks if Sabrina would like to stay with him anyway, and she says, no thanks, but uh, she'll let him know if she ever wants to live in hell with someone she despises. She then busts a move straight out of there and dances. Sorry, I'm just imagining her like dancing out of there. <laughs> Funky disco dancing. That's what she should yeah, have done. Like, she'll get some like, disco um um, the way that people on Soul Train move down the line. Mm -hmm. like, like, we'll, just, like we'll see in a, a little later on, but weirdly worse. Like, no, I'm worse as in like way better. Mm. Like as in like much more choreographed and like together. Fair. Because uh, <laughs> that other one is, the, the one we're going to be talking shit. about in a little while is pretty shit. Uh, so Sabrina leaves. Hilda and Cupid then leave with Cupid confirming that it was just a cheap infatuation spell that will be gone pretty soon, but that his love is eternal. Uh, and then when Zelda asks Rowan for his wish, he whispers it into her ear. She grants it, and then we quickly cut to Sabrina's dance where we see Rowland and Sabrina cutting a rug as this was his wish, uh, a dance with Sabrina. But um, when he asks if she wants him to dip her again he's she says no as she's still angry about him making harvey not come to the dance chris so much to break down here when zelda tells cupid to come with them and mr craft has to leave you remember that scene of course yep you're a smart girl i just described it um <laughs> always a smart girl uh zelda is headed up the steps where does Mr. Craft think Cupid is going with Zelda and Hilda? The bedroom. He's going to fuck him, is what, he, is what Mr. Craft must have That's why he goes, aww. Because he, he knows they're going to go fuck. You go. You come. <laughs> but why does he get to... Oh, man. I mean, it makes, him see, it makes it seem like he gets to stay. Yeah, but she's like up the steps. Like there's no there's no portal to the other realm in Mr. Crafts thinking. There's just bedrooms up there. I mean, maybe he's going to change a light bulb. But we all know that changing How all good porn films yes. start. We all know that all light bulbs immediately lead to sex. That's why it's GE true. is still in business. Um yeah, I just general erection. Very good. <laughs> oh man, we could end the podcast right here. That is better than anything I could ever say or do. <laughs> God 
Damn it. We'll leave a light on for you. That's a Motel 6, but whatever. Yeah, not at all the same. Not at all. Uh, oh, my God. Excellent. Chris, what did you have here in these scenes uh, <laughs> over at Rowan's uh, shitty underbridge grotto? Um, Good job with the pizza. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. That's what you want on there. And Sabrina- I mean, really, ideally, if Sabrina were going to actually make him something to eat, what else would she feasibly make him to eat? That she's a teenage girl. Like, I mean, she does have magic powers. <laughs> yeah, but like, she's not actually using them there. That's true. But actually, this episode and and this storyline has a lot of uh, similarities to that episode of Chilling Adventures where Zelda is under Doctor uh, Blackwell, Father Blackwell's uh, wedding like spell. Sister. Yeah. How about that? Uh, but yes, you said uh, also. I mean, Sabrina does have quite the knowledge base when it comes to pizzas uh she's made them professionally in the past uh, that's where the expertise came from. poorly uh, in the past um also that, that like personal pizza re- reminded me so much of like uh going to you'll you'll get this some, some of you might when you go to like um like a pizza hut like the, it used to be like those pizza hut taco bells like in um like targets and stuff like there's one oh, at our yeah, target yeah, 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 yeah. and you'd get that like those personal pizza that would yep. always be cut into four i think they still have them they probably some. do like movie theaters like have those pizzas yeah. also a lot it's like we used to get so many of those when Ooh, we were kids pizzas. yeah their breadsticks are the best they're like literally good. i would rather eat their breadsticks than their pizza i mean it's pretty much the same thing just like pepperonis on it and some sauce yeah but it's like that garlic flaky like yeah. the garlic cheesiness yeah it's good stuff um and it's why i was really overweight as a teenager yeah well you're you weren't the only one true um i mean i think as much as they just brought him along because it was convenient for the carpool lane Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck that means um he i think he did prove to be useful absolutely cupid's always in uh, working in the quench i don't know what that means (laughs) he's always there when you need him um Honestly, I don't have much to say about it. I feel like it's very straightforward. I I do love. There's one moment when um when the aunties and Cupid walk in, and uh, and and Hilda's like, "What did you do to her?" And like Cupid's like, "I think I know what's going on here, honey." Like he's already calling yeah. her honey. He's great. He he is absolutely like hilarious. Wine delivery is great, and like maybe like the perfect casting of that iteration of cupid just like a real big yeah, dork in a giant diaper yeah but also with great comedic timing patrick thomas o'brien very funny here okay what have you done to her i think i know sweetie chris we then uh, we're still at the dance because the last five minutes of this episode basically all take place of a dance uh roland walks off to request another disco song so they can bump to it as Hi- as uh, hilda we find out opted to bring Cupid as her date, noting that he's not so bad once you put pants on him. But uh, Zelda just notes they probably should have had him take the diaper off first. It's really funny. He's got his diaper on under his pants and they're uh, protruding quite a bit. Because fashion. That's right. With a U. Means something to him. Will you stop that? I know these are practical, but darn it, fashion means something to me. He then does a little bit of like pokey, like, he's like, poking to the air while he dances. Real fun dork dance. Look for a gif of that on Serena's Witch Trials Instagram. <laughs> at Serena's Witch Trials. Um, Sabrina then goes to check on Val and uh, see how she's doing with the punch duty. But uh, 
she tries to apologize for the whole Ken thing, but she says it's okay as she's come to realize that it's not Sabrina's fault that Ken doesn't like her. And in fact, it's not even her own fault. Uh, that shows some real growth there from Val. They then spot Ken walking in in his full Fred Astaire, like tucks and tails, white tie, looking like a real douchebag, if you He's ask like me. He's like the king of extra. He really That's is. That's legit just what he is. But this is before that was a thing to where it's just like, you're just making a joke out of yourself. Like, he looks so pleased with himself. It's like, you look like a fucking idiot. Anyway, um, they spy Ken and Mr. Kraft comes over and tells him not to stop, not to talk so much because this is a social event. It's not a place for conversation. Come on now. Uh, but just then, Sabrina walks up to Hilda to ask if she can borrow her date, Cupid, to work a little magic on Ken and Valerie. See that girl over there? Yeah. Okay, I want you to work your magic to make him attracted to her. Oh, shoot, you didn't bring your arrows. Hilda wouldn't let me. Never fear. Brought a pea shooter. Love peas. Can't do it. It'd be a waste of a pea. You mean there's no hope for those two? No, there's no need. That boy is already crazy about that girl. He's just shy. Ken shy? Some people cover up shyness with bravado. Well, the job requires a certain amount of psychology. Uh, Sabrina decides there's something she could do here, so she just magically encourages Val to ask Ken to dance, and uh, he agrees, noting that he wanted her to do it this whole time. Uh, And they uh, go to barely dance on the dance floor, because there's a lot of background actor dancing going on where there's like barely any dancing at all moving it's just like movements i feel like we need to give a very special shout out to the guy who's literally only moving his neck he looks like when you like tell a child to do something and they really don't want us they just like well, i don't want to and he just keeps like moving his neck from one side to the other like in a droopy fashion it is i'm looking at it right now it's incredible it's it's clearly like Someone who doesn't know how to dance. He also doesn't realize the camera's actually on yeah. him. Like, he, he's just like, oh, well, I just have to be here. So I just gotta make some movements. Sound like paid. I'm moving. Yeah. Also, I, I like how you, uh, you see Sabrina just like leaning in the background yeah. for a while. It's fun. Um, this episode is most fun when you just watch the people in the background. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't pay attention to what's going on. So, um, yeah. So, Val and Ken go to dance. Cupid then gets asked by Hilda to work a little bit more magic to give Zelda some fun. He decides to do that, but he shoots Zelda and also shoots Mr. Kraft, causing them to uh, fall in quick love and go dance a little. And uh, he notes to Zelda, rather, he notes to Hilda that he took care of two fish. No, two birds with one stone, not two fish, because he notes that uh, Zelda's happy and Mr. Kraft won't be fishing in his pond anymore. Creek, excuse me. Mm-hmm. His creek. Slightly bigger. Down home creek. Oh, dear Lord. Two birds with one stone. Zelda's happy and that goob is no longer fishing in my creek. Gross to what you just said and gross to what you just did. So there are kinds of peas that he has, just like there are kinds of arrows, because he says it's like a 24-hour infatuation arrow, mm-hmm. which hasn't isn't this still the same day, so shouldn't Roland still be obsessed with Hilda? Yes, theoretically. Ah, uh, is this is no? Because this might be no. The stuff at his house is probably the same day that he stole her heart. This right. is Friday, so this is probably a few days later. Okay, then. Uh, uh, but yes. if, like, if there are different kinds of love arrows, mm-hmm. one would uh, 
imagine that there are different kinds of love peas. So why did he shoot him with like, I don't know, like an enduring love pea when he could have... To keep him out of his creek. I get it, but like, you're not going to be in her life for longer than like tonight. Maybe he's an optimist, Chris. Maybe he thinks there's there's some like long-lasting love in this. And then the other thing is, it's really a disservice to Zelda because Zelda's one fine-ass bitch. She always okay? has been. And to to make it that like she needs Hilda's like sorry kitty's being loud um that she needs like Hilda's leftovers mm-hmm. or her like cast aside love interest is really messed up and I mean, depressing I think that well, initially it was all caused through magic but I think she does start to like Mr. Craft as a person. But how do you know that she likes him as a person? Are, are you implying that the love is like permanent? Because I've always thought of like uh, Cupid's arrows in general mm-hmm. as just like something to make you like notice someone more than like, okay, you're now in a blind love. Maybe you need some Greek mythology in your life. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> good point, Chris. <laughs> advantage chris i've never thought of it in that way i've thought of it as like that is what it is until something happens to change it so either someone dies Mm -hmm. or some other god intervenes have you read greek mythology no (laughs) that's how it works either one of them dies or some other god intervenes Uh that's pretty much how cupid's arrows work fair enough uh let's talk about sabrina's dress here chris before, yeah. before we get the ending here where uh, Serena has a fun date. Uh, great dress. It's a great dress. Very short dress. Very, very short. It's like a, it's like a red... Uh, velvet. Velvet. Like a, like a halter top? It's... No, it's a... Like... It's a... Empire waist. Okay. Peasant style top. Just like no strap... Uh, with thin straps. Yes. Spaghetti uh, strap. Spaghetti strap. I, I know. I know that was still a term we could use. Yeah, feels a little dated, but it's perfect for this time. Fair enough. Uh, she looks fantastic. Her hair, fantastic. Uh, red whip, always nice to see. Melissa Joan Hart, really bringing the heat. Um, <laughs> with the red dress that was too on the nose. That's right. Who would wear red and red shoes also? And she's literally one of the only people at this dance wearing red. That's true, but uh, well, her, her actually, I think all of the aunties were great. Well, all of the aunties, all the Spellmans. Oh, I, I think Hilda's wearing red. Hilda's wearing red. She's wearing like that red, like long coat. Yeah, I like the look of it. Like, I don't like it. It is somewhat matronly. Yeah, but uh, Zelda's looking bomb. Zelda's got. She's not wearing blue on Valentine's Day. Come on, Zelda. She ain't got a date. That's true, but um, look at that girl in the pea green. She's not doing great either. <laughs> Uh, also, we're going to do great dancing. Uh, basically, the episode wraps up with... Uh, I thought that was just a bowl of salad, not a <laughs> bowl of green tortilla chips. Not very smart. In the 90s, that would have counted as salad. Uh, <laughs> what was it you said? Potato chip salad? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's from Frasier. I know. That's yeah, what it is, really. Um, basically, the episode wraps up with Roland feeling bad that he... Um, kept harvey away and he wants to equalize what he did so he brings harvey back magically no trust funds for sabrina as she was hoping but harvey comes back uh he notes that he doesn't have any idea why he thought there would be a termite convention because his dad never said anything about that but whatever uh they go to dance we get some lovely slow dancing uh, originally 
when this aired, it was truly madly deeply uh, by Savage. Is it Savage Garden? Who is it? Yeah, Savage Garden. But uh, when they put it out for DVDs, they have to take actually good music out. So they just put some generic like R&B love song underneath. Uh, but they all dance to that as uh, Sabrina eventually spots Rowan looking glum by the chip salad, potato chip salad, <laughs> and he uh, tortilla chip salad, <laughs> tortilla chip salad, and she feels bad, so she zaps in Rowan's ex girlfriend Thumbelina, who apparently gets no choice in whether or not she has to see Rowan, but uh, <laughs> she just zaps her in, and uh, Rowan's ecstatic to see her, and they all start dancing as we go to the close. During the credits we see what is essentially like as chris said the soul train line but instead of like people doing good dancing yeah and to some like funk music we get like weird like like just jogging down and like a little shuck i don't know use that word but we just um it's like what are we um, getting line dancing music and it's like shuffling down the line yes it is shuffling i I almost said shocking but it is shuffling yeah, uh, just shucking those oysters, you know. <laughs> um, it's terrible. We get to see Thumbelina and Ken go down together. Uh, I think the the best one is Lindsay Sloan and Melissa Joan Hart just looking like they're actually having fun. I'm like trying to watch the line and see where Neck Guy is. Oh, who knows? They probably fired him before this. But that's all what happens. And the last, uh, also, um, Cupid and Mr. Craft go down a couple of times together. The last time, right before the episode closes. Cupid just like whacks Mr. Craft on the back of the head, and I loved it. There it is. Uh, that's where the episode. Does closes he connect, in. or does he just try to? Huh? I don't know if he connects. No, he's just like a. You think he's too far away? Yeah. That's the episode, there, Chris. Uh, any last <sighs> thing you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Harvey's collar because it was pretty big? It was freaking huge. It is. Um, not a great shirt there. He's got no. a disco shirt on, basically. I feel like all around though, most of the clothes was pretty good. It is. Do you like except for? <laughs> Ken and some of his like over the fucking top. There's clothes. that. Like some of the, just some of the shirts he's wearing, like in the slicery, it's not great. It's got like a weird like stripe yeah. down the sleeve. It's and... not great, but it's not like the level of nauseating Trump. that it sometimes is. Let's see what. Like it? I feel, I honestly feel like Harvey's like red button down with his green pants mm-hmm. was more repulsive to me. We'll talk about back of the linen closet in a second, but uh, yeah, that's the episode, folks. Of course, every episode of The Witch Trials here, we rate the episode of Sublimity Teenage, which we watched on a very special scale, the TGIF scale, this good, I feel scale, one to five scale, each number has a corresponding TGIF show. Go over it for you guys real quick here. One out of five, a you wish, a two out of five is a teen angel. By the way, Chris, a uh, fun little side note, uh, February 13th, 1998 was, I believe, when the last episode of Teen Angel aired? Womp womp. Yep. What are you going to do? Um, Don't eat a burger. That's not anymore. Three out of five is a hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, sorry, I thought it'd be fun, but I was halfway through I was like, this isn't fun, but I'll commit to it. Uh, just like marriage. A four out of wow. five. That's right. Take that. Forever single, bitches. I'm actually not single. You, know, you had your chance. Uh, it's not going to get cut out. All right. <laughs> Four out of five is a family matters, and a five out of five is a boy meets world. Chris, where does this episode, episode uh, forty-one of Sabrina Teenage Witch, the Equalizer, land for you on that TGIF scale? It's really hard. I don't even feel like it's like 
fully had a hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mm. But I feel like I want to give it a hanging with Mr. Cooper just because of like Cupid's antics. <laughs> All this fun craziness. So you're giving it a hang with Mr. Cooper? I think so. I'm actually slightly below you. I'm at a high. I'll, I'll give it a high. And you're always slightly below me, but you know. Man, I really set you up for that one. <laughs> um, I'm at a high teen, teen angel. angel. I think it's okay. Like, I like. Th- I kind of like the concept of it. I th- yeah. I, th- I feel like that's the thing. Like, I really like the idea of equalizing, but I almost feel like rather than Roland, they really just made an excuse because they wanted to bring Roland back. I feel like having like someone who was like actually like a police officer type mm-hmm. thing where it was more like a RoboCop sort of like vibe would have worked better. But the Roland thing makes sense in that he's already like predisposed yeah. to love Sabrina. And it's got, you can't be like, oh, actual adult which rules like everything has to be a fucking joke yeah so uh and, and i mean like the, some of the cupid stuff as you said was fun but like as even as a valentine's day episode i think this is slightly better than the season one valentine's day episode first kiss where like sabrina turns harvey into a frog and then has to like go through the three trials of drell to like oh my god drell prove that it's true love fucking drell that was actually the last drell episode but um i think it's slightly better as a valentine's day episode than that but like the last like five even though really the last half like it just feels like no one really cares it's just like they go to roland's house and he's like oh i've got sabrina and they're like give it back and give it back the heart and he's like no and then he does because of uh, it's just because you know rules it's just yeah they trick him it doesn't feel like there's any real like weight to any of it so yeah two out of five for me but also i just i thought of something earlier Mm -hmm. what was like I can't remember now. Did Val ever, like, did Val and Sabrina have a conversation where Sabrina was like, I'm not interested in him. He's not interested in me. Uh, I think, I think Val came to understand that it was like, Sabrina was not pursuing him. It's just that Ken agreed to go out with her probably because Ken likes her, but, um, or Ken has some interest in it with her or because Ken wanted to go to the dance with someone. But because like last we saw them, yeah. Val was pretty pissed at Sabrina. But they talk. They, they talk at the dance. I know, but like, was anything really said? Basically, like, it's like Val says that you know she understands that it's not Sabrina's fault that Ken doesn't like her, and it's not even her fault that Ken doesn't like her. It's just what it is. That's true. Fuck yeah. Ken. It's true. That's stupid. You hat. can do literally Lindsay Sloan, Valerie. You can do better. <laughs> like plenty of good guys around. Harvey single. Yeah, that neck guy. <laughs> He seems really bored. Yeah, he's he's got the he's got the um he's got the same haircut that like the oldest son has on Home Improvement. You mean the haircut? That's right, the, the one and only haircut. Um, Chris, of course, it's time now for the main event here on the Witch Trials, the back of the Linen Closet Award, our episodic award for each installment's biggest fashion flop. Uh, which outfit, which odious outfit here gets your selection? as Back of the Wooden Closet Award winner. A lot to choose from here. Well, actually, to be fair, there's a lot of good outfits. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's... Would you like me to go first? Yes. For me, uh, it is a Harvey outfit. Uh, when Harvey comes out of the cafeteria to ask Sabrina if she's going to the dance with Ken, uh, he is wearing these odd brown pants with, like, white... Uh, window painting on them he's also wearing this weird long sleeve like green uh polo shirt 
it's not a good look. Green and brown seems to be a Harvey staple that he couldn't have left in season one. And uh, not a fan at all. Into the back of the one in closet it goes for me. Uh, Chris, your choice here. The only thing that was really jumping out to me was that... Um, and it's not even that bad. That's the thing that makes it so hard. Like the, It's just the combination of colors. One mm-hmm. Harvey's wearing that like red button down yes uh when he goes to ask sabrina to the dance and roland catches him right um the red button down with the green pants it's just like the worst fucking green in existence it's a the red isn't great either it's like a dark red and then like a very like dingy green yeah come on full screenshot (laughs) also looks like he's kind of slept in it like harvey has some trouble he's having some rough times It's hard. It's hard on Harvey, Chris. Uh, but a fair choice. I feel like Sabrina's outfits are on point the whole oh, episode. Oh, she's, she's doing pretty good this episode. Hilda, pretty there, good. There they are, Chris. There you go. Uh, look, look at that green, though. Because it's, it, it's also green like corduroy. It's not a good And look. it's like the, the fit is off for both of it. It's just... I, I mean, at least he doesn't have a fucking pork pie hat on. Like, that's all I can say. Fair enough. But it's, it's Again, it's like not even that bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Chris, that is the show, though, and uh, once again, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure to talk to you on The Witch Trials. Always fun to chat a little bit of Sabrina with you, even if it is a meh episode like this one is. A uh, mess. Swing and a As mess. As mom would say mess. Very good. Oh, <laughs> swing and a mess. Um, Chris, of course, people can check what you write out, what you post out over at Sabrina's Witch Trials. No. No. <laughs> you don't work there. I was like, What? Over at Chris... You're just plugging yourself secretly. <laughs> Over at ChrisConquers.com uh, and at ChrisConquers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, see all the stuff you got going on over there. Uh, new posts all the time. Any uh, Some astrology posts now, too? Mm, not really. Okay, get on that. Uh, <laughs> Give the people what they want, Chris. Yeah, more astrology, because there's not enough of that in the world already. Nope. At ChrisConquers, Instagram and Twitter. And while you're on Instagram or Twitter, follow... The Witch Trials at Sabrina's Witch Trials on Instagram and Facebook and at Sabrina Podcast on Twitter. Also, subscribe to us everywhere you can. You already know where you wherever you want to listen to us, including on YouTube. Go check out that episode that got a content strike against it. You know, that one you probably have to listen to through a podcast app, but everything else is fine. The next episode will be Season 2, Episode 18... A very special episode. I think one of the best of season two. It's the band episode, which is a pun I only got when I read the Sabrina wiki for it. Uh, Band like they're in a band, but also band like the episode is banned. It's not that clever a title, but it's a real fun episode. Uh, Sabrina and her buddies join a band. That episode is actually written by Nick Bakai. So uh, look forward to that one Uh, next time we... uh, convene here on the witch trials but until the next time i want to say thank you to everybody for listening and we will see you in the other realm give sabrina's heart back now i will if you'll grant me one favor it better not involve me and a trip to make out point (laughs) 